Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Please join with us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Mike Bird. We're going to be here in uh, Matthew chapter 24. And if you're just joining with us, uh, we've been going through uh, what is known as the Olivet Discourse. And uh, basically, it's a sermon given by our Lord about the things that are going to happen in the end times. And our Lord uh, is prompted through all this because basically of uh, two questions that the disciples ask. And uh, basically, those questions are, what will be the sign of your coming? And when will these things be? And uh, we're just about to finish wrapping up here in Matthew chapter 24, as we're going to be looking at the last few verses here, Matthew 24. Um, And we've already covered as far as uh, what the sign will be, as we looked at uh, verses uh, 4 all the way down through 35. And then a couple weeks ago, we started to ask the question of when will these things be? And our Lord uh, started teaching us about the things about he's going to come at a time that we do not expect. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an, uh, a surprise. Ready or not, here I come. And uh, hopefully we're going to be finishing up uh, this... Uh, this series here at the end of uh, January as we'll move through chapter 25. Um, And uh, one of the things that we're going to do is at the end of January, we're going to allow you for another time of uh, question and response as we will discuss uh, some of the things that we have uh, covered briefly over uh, since October. And, uh, you know, if you had questions or maybe just how the Lord has, uh, has spoken to you uh, through this series, so I encourage you to share. So we're going to do that at the end of uh, January uh, as we'll finish this up and wrap it up. But, uh, you know, through all of this, our, our Lord has been trying to drive home a point to us. And that point is be ready, be ready, be ready, be prepared, be prepared, be ready. I heard a story about a, uh, a pastor who was teaching on this text, and um, he was one that did not uh, teach from notes, and uh, he was hoping to have everything committed to memory. And uh, as he got to the point here about, uh, behold, I come quickly, he uh, came to that point, and he said, behold, I come quickly. And then he couldn't remember his next point. And so he said it again, behold, I come quickly. And nothing else happened. And he said, well, maybe if, I, maybe if I take a step back and run towards the pulpit and slam the pulpit and say, behold, I come quickly, maybe it'll jar something loose and I'll be able to remember. And he did just that. And as he ran up to the pulpit, he tripped and he fell. He knocked over the pulpit and fell in the front pew there onto a lady's lap. And he says, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She says, don't worry. You warned me that you were coming three or four times. <laughs> So in reality, when we think about this, okay, our Lord has been stressing the point, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, be ready, be ready, be ready. And uh, we should take a cue from that and understand that our Lord is coming and hopefully we can get that point that we need to be ready, we need to be prepared. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. We need to be watchful, we need to be alert, we need to be prepared. 
So this is what I'd like for you to take away with you this morning as we're gonna look here at these last few verses of Matthew chapter 24. Be wise and faithful because our Lord is coming back. Be wise and faithful because our Lord is coming back. Before we read this text here in Matthew chapter 24, um, I want us to look at another parallel passage uh, of this text in, uh, in Luke chapter number 12. And I think this will help us understand some things that our Lord is, is trying to teach us. So in Luke chapter number 12, if you wanna turn over there uh, just very briefly here, Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Our Lord here is gonna give the same uh, thing that he's teaching here in Matthew, just another uh, uh, a view of this as, uh, as Luke wrote this account. Um, but here in Luke chapter 12, verse 35 to 37, our Lord says this. He says, stay dressed for action, keep your lamps burning, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the doors to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. Boy, that's amazing. When you think about that, when the Lord comes back, if you have been faithful and you were prepared, Jesus tells us here that he, will, he himself will sit you down to eat and he will serve you. That's the kingdom. Totally unexpected of what we think that it should be. Now look at verse 38 here in Luke chapter 12 also. He says, if he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And so when we turn back over here to Matthew 24 and we look here in these verses, our Lord here is gonna give us this parable, a story, if you will, about faithfulness, about being faithful, about being ready, being prepared. And it's the same idea as he covered here in uh, Luke chapter 12, because when he comes, it's an immediate reward for the redeemed, and it's a devastating judgment for those who are unprepared. So be ready. And since we don't know when it is, we don't know when he's coming, we need to be ready at all times. We can't slack off. We can't just act like, hey, we're just gonna not do anything because we don't know when he's coming. So we need to be prepared at all times. Now, this is a very, very interesting parable. So let's break this down. Look here at verse number 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? And what is he talking about here? Our Lord is asking a question. And he's asking and he's saying to these people here, to the disciples and really to the generation that'll be alive during this time, who then is the faithful and wise servant 
whom his master set over his household. Well, when we think about this, the master here is like God. He's the, and the servant is like every man and woman in the world. And every one of us has been given a stewardship. Every one of us has been given a responsibility. It's as if the Lord had said, all right, here's what I'm gonna do for you, okay? I'm the master and I'm going to leave you in charge. I have endowed you with several things. I've allowed you to manage life and breath, intellect and will and emotion and talents and truth and spiritual sensitivity and opportunity and privilege. All that I give you in creating you in my image, all that I give you, that I've gave you into this world that is good and wonderful, all the good things that I could possibly create, I'm gonna give them to you in terms of opportunity to serve me. And you are going to be responsible for them. And so like a servant who is told to rule over the house, that is to manage his master's uh, goods and to make use of what he's properly given him, he then is supposed to manage them and properly give food to everybody in the right time and in the right place is what our Lord teaches here. Now, in other words, every Christian in the world, okay, every person in the world, not just Christians, every single person in the world has been given a management test by God. God is the creator of everything. And he's given everybody every opportunity in life. And so he's the master. And so he's given them life, breath, privilege. All those things are granted to us by God. And they are a stewardship for which we are accountable. And I believe that hell will be filled and populated with people, not only by the devil and his angels, but by people who wasted that privilege. God had created them in his own image and they did not believe God, they did not take his word seriously and they wasted that opportunity. They embezzled God's substance. Every man, woman in the world has been given a stewardship by God and if you embezzle God's goods and privileges and resources and opportunities, then you will be accountable to God for the wastefulness of your stewardship. Now look here at verse 46. He says, blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Now when the Lord comes and finds servants doing what he wanted them to do, they're going to be blessed, aren't they? That indicates that they are believers because they are obeying the Lord. They're actually doing what the Lord tells them to do. They are redeemed. They are obedient. And to be faithful is really the mark of obedience, is it not? I mean, to have faith is to be obeying God, to be listening and understanding what he says and applying his word to our lives. And so doing the will of God is always the mark of true salvation. So when the Lord comes, he'll find the true servant doing what he told them to do, fulfilling his will, living out their stewardship to the fullest. Now look here at verse 47. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his 
possessions, over all of his possessions. That's marvelous to think about that. What that says is when the Lord comes back and finds his faithful servants, those that know Christ, those that are the redeemed, those who are being living obedient lives to the Lord, he says when he returns, he is going to reward them and set them over all of his possessions because they were obedient servants. He's going to put them over everything that he possesses. You know what we're gonna do in the millennial kingdom? We're gonna sit on a cloud in a nightgown and strum a harp. No. We are going to be serving and ruling for Jesus Christ for all of eternity. And what you do with this little slice of time that you have will determine how you are going to rule in the future kingdom. How many years do you have here? I read a statistic uh, when uh, they were doing the uh, whole Social Security Act that the government at the time, the retirement age, I believe was at uh, 65. Do you know what the life expectancy was in 1933? No, <laughs> it was about 53 or 54 years old is from what I can remember. Well, we got people living a lot longer now today, but however many years that you have here, after you've come to know Christ and how you are serving him, that will play a huge role in how you will rule in the future kingdom. And so it's important to understand that God is going to require faithfulness from his followers. Revelation 3.21 teaches us that we're going to sit with Christ on his throne and we're going to rule over everything that he possesses. That's verse 47 for us. So what's the point here? What is the Lord trying to tell us? Don't miss this. Life is a stewardship. What you do with your life will determine how you will live in the millennial kingdom. Those who steward their life and obeyed the Lord, they obeyed his call to salvation, they became a follower of Christ, they lived their life for him, that will determine how they're going to live in eternity for the rest of their lives. But those who wasted their stewardship, those who did not obey the call to salvation, those who did not obey the Lord, that did not want salvation, that did not want to hear the gospel, they will be required to give an account of the stewardship that God gave them. And if they are not believers, the Bible here clearly teaches us that they will be dominated in hell by the demons and the devils for whom it was prepared. So when the Lord comes, he'll check the stewardship. And the one who has proven faithful, those are the Lord's and have been proven that they are Lord's by being faithful, by living a life of obedience. And he will re reward them with eternal ruling. Let's look at the second thing here. This here is a warning to those who waste the master's resources. Look here at verse number 48. 
But if, the, if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, so on the other hand, when the Lord comes, he's going to find some people who weren't faithful, people who wasted their opportunity for salvation. They did not steward the opportunities wisely. Some who, not being faithful over little, they won't be made faithful over much. Some whose lamps were not trimmed, and we'll, we'll get into this here in uh, chapter 25 as we look at the parable of the 10 virgins. Some that had talents and instead of using them, they wasted them, they hoarded them for their own good. Notice what he says here. He says that they will be cast out into the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And notice what he says. But if that wicked servant, wicked in quality, wicked in nature, what does he say to himself in his own heart? Listen to what he's saying. My master is delayed. Is that not what we read over there when they, there in Peter when they said, hey, where is the sign of his coming? Where is he? Where is he? He's not here. Where is he? Everything is continued as it always has before. We're going to eat. We're going to drink. We're going to give in marriage. We're going to continue on as life has always been. Where's his coming? And he calls them a wicked servant. He says, my master delays his coming. He won't be here for a while. I'll just take it easy. I'm not gonna get all worried about all this stuff. And you know, there are gonna be a lot of people like that. They'll say, I'll just wait to the very last moment. And in the meantime, I'm not gonna use what I've got for others. I'm gonna feed myself. And if others get in the way and try to take of what I got, I'll hit them. Look what he says. He says, and begins to beat his fellow servants. Instead of giving what he should be giving, he begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards. He says, I'm gonna have my fun. I'm gonna eat and drink with the drunks. I'm gonna party it up. I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna grab all that I can in this life. I'm gonna live the worldly lifestyle. Now, it's not that everybody who's unregenerate lives like that. I mean, I would venture to say that uh, there are a lot of people in this, in this world who are unregenerate, who do not know the Lord, that do not party it up, that do not live a drunken lifestyle, that do not beat others and, and try to get everything they can in the world. In fact, the world is full of people who are moral and good and kind. But I think this is what he's trying to say here because look what he says. He gives us an illustration of an unregenerate person because look what he says here. Verse 51, he'll take that person, the person who eats and drinks with drunkards, who is beating his servants. Look what he says in verse 51. He says, he'll cut them in pieces and put them with the hypocrites. What is a hypocrite? It's a religious phony. Someone who's nice and kind and good. But he says, they'll be in the same place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this guy isn't pretending to be religious here. What our Lord talks about is one who's eating and drinking with drunkards and hurting people. But he'll go to the same place that religious phonies go as well. So we can understand that this is a warning for all other unregenerate, those who do not know Christ. Now Luke, in paralleling uh, this, uh, this portion of scripture here, 
says he will be cut in half and appointed a portion with the unbelievers. So not only the drunkards and hypocrites, but all the unbelievers. So I believe the warning is very clear here. You better be prepared for Christ's coming. And if you're thinking, I got plenty of time, that's really not the case, because I'm sure that during these last days when all the things that are gonna be going on and there's gonna be wars and rumors of wars and there's gonna be all the pestilence and all these things happening. There's gonna be people still thinking, I got plenty of time, it's okay, there's no big deal. Why are we getting all in a big rush here? Plenty of time. But they still will not repent and believe. Really the question is, if you don't want him now, what's gonna make you think that you're gonna want him later? as we covered early in a couple months earlier, that sin will be running rampant and people will be consuming themselves in their own lust. I mean, sin will just, be, will just be a feast, a feast of sin, and people will just be indulging themselves in it in the last days. And uh, the people that do not repent of their sin and believe the gospel, um, I don't believe that they're gonna have an opportunity because they're gonna be so engrossed in their sin. That's why the warning is clear that if you hear his voice today, the command is clear. If you hear it today, if you hear it today, repent and believe the gospel. Today is the day of salvation. Not next week, not next month, not 20 years from now. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus is going to come when you don't think he's gonna come in an hour you're not even aware of. I'm sure that there were even people in Noah's day. I mean, can you, can you get the picture here in Noah's day? I mean, Noah for 120 years, he's, he's preaching. He's saying, hey, look, judgment's coming, judgment's coming, judgment's coming. I'm building an ark. Believe God, repent, get on the ark, judgment's coming. <laughs> Noah, you're crazy, right? Then they get on the ark, the door gets shut. We read, remember what our Lord says in uh, here in Matthew 24, verse 38, it says, for as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the son of man. I'm sure there were people that <laughs> probably the, the flood waters were getting up to their knees and they're going, uh-oh, this is getting serious. Hey, Noah, Noah, you, you still got room in there? It's too late, too late, it's done. You know, the scriptures are very unapologetic in telling us the fate of the wicked. And the Bible just doesn't tell us these things that we want to hear. Doesn't tell us the things that we, that we want to hear and to listen to. It tells us the things that are also hard for us to hear. Jesus loves us too much to not tell us the truth. Look what our Lord says here in verse 51. He says, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. What? Did you get that? Our Lord says that he will take that wicked servant and cut him in pieces. The phrase cut in half or to cut him in pieces here is the word dichotomize that's used in Exodus uh, chapter 29, 17 of the sawing in half 
of an animal when an animal was offered in sacrifice and cut into two pieces. And it's to illustrate the seriousness, devastating deadliness of the judgment of the Lord. When he comes back and finds this person who thought he could sow his wild oats and live it up and do whatever he wanted to do and think he was gonna make it, it's gonna be too late because Jesus is going to come when he doesn't expect it. And notice what he says, what will happen. It says, and put him with the hypocrites in that place. What place? The place where the unbelievers will be, the place where the hypocrites will be, the place where the wicked servants will be. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Four other times in the book of Matthew, our Lord uses that phrase, weeping and gnashing of teeth. He mentions it in Matthew 8, 12, Matthew 13, 42, Matthew 22, 13, and Matthew 25, 30. And in each time it's used to describe the terrible, relentless pain of eternal hell. You don't want it to be too late. You don't want to be there. So don't harden your heart. If, you, if, if God is drawing you you need to respond to the gospel message. Now let's wrap up this chapter here really quickly. Number three, learn from Christ how to be faithful and wise. When I look at this text here, the Lord asks this question, who then is the faithful and wise servant? Are we as human beings really faithful and wise? I mean, the Lord himself even said when he comes back, will he even find faith on the earth? Will he find any buddy of faith? Who then is really the faithful and wise servant? Now, obviously he's talking to his disciples here and teaching them about his second coming, given this parable of what is going to happen. But he asks the question, who is the faithful and wise servant? How will we know if we are being faithful and wise? What is the pattern that we should be following? Well, it should be Christ. Learn from Christ how to be a faithful and wise servant. We follow Christ. Christ is the ultimate faithful and wise servant. Consider some of these things. Number one, he did the will of the master. John 5, 19, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. John 17, four, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Secondly, he didn't speak on his own authority, but spoke what the father had said. John 8, 28, so Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the father taught me. John 14, 10, do you not believe that I am the father and the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does his works. John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Also, he didn't give in to the temptations of the enemy and lived a life of obedience to the Father. Matthew chapter four, verses one through four, then Jesus was led up to the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days, 40 nights, he was hungry and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. 
But he answered, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Also, he faithfully stewarded the things the Father gave him. John 17, 12, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction. That was Judas, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Also, he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew 20, 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The real question that we must ask ourselves when we talk about being faithful and being wise, the real question that we have to ask ourselves is not do we have a master, but who is our master? Do you follow Christ? Is he your master? Do you obey him? Romans 6, 17 and 18 says this, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. I love this in Ephesians chapter two. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us in with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. If you claim and I claim to be a follower of Christ, then we should, our lives should be pattering a life after the obedience of Jesus Christ, being faithful, being wise, doing exactly what Jesus did because he is our master teacher. He is the one that we are supposed to be following. And so if we live that way, because we are obedient followers of the Lord, when he returns, the Bible says that he's gonna set over us all of the possessions, that we're gonna rule with him, that we, he is going to sit us down and he is gonna serve us. That's astounding. So what are you gonna do with the little slice of time we call life? If you waste it, you're gonna to have to give an account for it. But if you use it wisely, it will determine how you are going to rule in all of the millennial kingdom. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.